of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. I'm Kate Hammer. I'm Tom Zalatna, and I really thought you were going to just keep going, too, 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 uh, too. Uh, no, but you know what's funny? I literally have a tattoo that says two, two, two. Oh, shit. What's I the significance realized. of that? Wait, wait. Before I'm Kate Hammer. That, I'm Tom Zalatna. We have a special guest joining us today. Uh, their name is Prakash Krishnan. Joining Hi, us that's me. They're okay. here. Oh my God, I'm so excited. What? Remind me, you told me you're involved in like decolonizing education. Is that the, the phrase you used? Um, yeah. Tell me about that because I... I clicked on that and was like, that's really cool. I don't know what that means. I'm going to ask about that. <laughs> um, I like to say that I am a media scholar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of my one of my research creation projects was trying to figure out how we can do the work of like sharing the knowledge of decolonization and anti-colonialism through podcasting. Um, yeah, so work in progress, but please stay tuned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it'll be a long progress, but that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's that sounds awesome. really cool, Thank you. yeah. I think we did veer a bit from um, my tattoo topic. We so. did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this Let's is come back. much more important. <laughs> yeah, so what, what, like, I guess, what drew you to that field of study? Well, I just started off doing a diploma in communications. I... I'm actually a former nuclear energy worker. Whoa. Yeah. Cool. I know it's very strange to think about it now, but I used to be like deep in nuclear waste, uh, just like rummaging through. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I couldn't get a job afterwards. So I started doing like more like film related stuff and like communications and marketing. And then I started to get all intellectual with it. And yeah, trying to see like, I don't know, like what kind of thing, how can we share knowledge and like not keep it just locked up in in a school or university. Yeah, absolutely. Academia can be super inaccessible sometimes. Yeah. Or all the time. <laughs> yeah. I guess like kind of inherently, right? Because it it requires that you are there in order to benefit from it. Right? But even mm-hmm. in like, even if, uh, okay, you say, you know, fuck school and you don't go to university, but you mm-hmm. still like try and access the information, the way everything is written and everything, it's mm-hmm. very like overcomplicated and over it's like when uh concordia's uh creative writing uh unit sent out like the uh publicism (laughs) oh my gosh um they were like this is our response to the sexual harassment allegations and i couldn't read it I try, like, would read it and stop and read it and stop right. and keep trying because they purposefully used over, like, overly professional and complicated and distancing language mm-hmm. to make it seem like they're taking it seriously. But what they did was really say nothing at all while using a lot of words. <laughs> and I was like, what we want is a f- human response right. and you're mm-hmm. giving us, like, a philosophical book to unwind. It's like jargon and nothing yeah. else. Yeah, no, it's yeah. so true. Like, um, in one of my classes recently, I was quite bored. So I was like, let me just skip this boring class in my mind and read up about content analysis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it took me like the full three hour lecture to read a 20 page book chapter. And I'm like, English is my first language. Like, why is this so difficult? Right. Uh, yeah, it's very exclusionary and yeah. like expensive. Even if you're a Quebec resident, like mm-hmm. tuition is not that bad. But the opportunity cost for like a, like a year of not working full time is mm-hmm. enormous. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And textbooks. I was like, let me take a fun German course, which, I mean, was my first mistake. And then the textbook cost $187. Oh, no, thank you. And I cannot oh. resell it. <laughs> nope. So I'm stuck with it. Yeah. yeah, all of it is a scam. We should just burn down the institution and start over again. But I guess baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> Starting now! <laughs> <laughs> so so what does it mean to decolonialize education? Like the way I've been approaching it is to like lean back on... Uh, indigenous leadership and indigenous knowledge and uh, like my project in particular is like looking at because I am if you couldn't tell by my name I'm a, I'm a brown person and so I like my aim of my work is to reach other communities of color and like migrant communities and see how 
we can like subvert this like white supremacist society we're in by drawing from and contributing to like indigenous leadership that sounds pretty good to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's about like respecting the different ways of knowing as well mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. that's because i only kind of like realized this year that i'd never questioned like the way the school system was set up i was Mm -hmm. like oh this is education and Mm -hmm. everyone has slightly different but like for the most part you school grade one grade two you know sure and like uh taking an aboriginal um spirituality course last semester like it was like oh yeah the ways of learning i've not questioned but like that's right. different and that mm-hmm. can be different there are different options that we're not exploring because we're assuming that white european ways are still we're putting it first in front yeah but it's, there's so much like uh, like scholarly literature that says that this kind of like top-down education does not work for most people, mm. but it's like the most economical form of like knowledge transfer. Right. And so, um, you know, the universities exist to make money. Right. And uh, yeah, I want to like find ways to not do that. Instead, give me money. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause like there's both the, there's both the idea of like, I guess shifting the sort of pedagogy, right? Like, like changing the way that we learn, but there's also changing the like things that we learn too. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I think Quebec, like I think all of Canada is not great at this, but Quebec is especially terrible about the way that it's history curriculum, like especially the high school curriculum, um, like talks about people of color in that mm-hmm. it doesn't really. Um, we had a guy who teaches high school history here on the show, like a few episodes ago. And he was talking about how the current curriculum mentions like three black people in all of the history of Canada, basically. <laughs> and like, like really glosses over like indigenous people and like basically just goes like, Hey, isn't it great that white people came here? And like, was it great though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Like, I'm I'm from Ontario, and like similarly, like le- learned about like nothing about people of color in Canadian history except for um, yeah, a very like whitewashed version of like you know um, early settler indigenous relationships. Mm-hmm. But there's actually a very long history, like dating back to like the 18th or like 19th century, early 19th century, uh, like Chinese and Indian immigration to Canada. But also, like, the rules that were involved in that were, like, really fucked up. Um, like, they weren't allowed to have families or get married and things like that. Huh. Um, I think Yeah, so it's pretty bad. And I think Canada's really good at kind of, like, glossing over that with their, like, oh, we're a cultural mosaic. Like, we love diversity. Um, but kind of like with the university, it's a lot of just fodder mm. with no substance. Yeah. Can we go back to your tattoo, though? I'm really- <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am really curious, yeah. yeah. Um... Uh, this tattoo says room 222 and it is because, uh, my grandfather, Grandpa Hammer, uh, taught math in room 222 of Central Stratford High School, but he had a million jobs in his life. And so I never knew he taught at the high school that I chose to go to because all my brothers went to a different high school and it was like a really big decision for me not to go to the country farm school but to go to the art city high school um so then uh I like randomly took my grandparents to the student teacher night because my parents couldn't make it and uh cue the resentment and um and then my grandpa was like oh this is the room that I taught math in. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> this is the room I take math in. And it was just like that kind of like, oh, this is a cool connection. Yeah. Apparently, also Room 222 was a super fun uh, sitcom ages ago. If you YouTube <laughs> Room 222, there's like the opening for it. It's just a bunch of zany students uh, <laughs> in a high school. And so my mom has just told me a bunch of stories about how like, he was everyone's favorite teacher and they had this big joke of like room 222 and uh so when he passed away a couple of years ago i was like i was struggling to find a way of i guess like paying homage because i had gotten a tattoo before and i was like well if i got a tattoo for no reason maybe i could get over a tattoo for a good reason right uh because he was really the first kind of like family member that's passed away i was really lucky to not have it happen until i was about 20 21 mm. 
And so, yeah, that was, I kind of like chose that little, something that had a story, more of a connection, um, you know, without being just uh, his face or, mm-hmm. you know, something, you know, I was yeah. like, maybe something that's not so uh, hard to fuck up. So then the second one Robin Hood read is for my other grandfather who also passed away. Um, that's very sweet. Thank you. I love you. that story. Yeah. Good so. call not getting a face as a tattoo. Ah, oh, thank that, you. That very rarely goes well. It really does. And... Tattoos are so hard. Like, I just got one retouched up because uh, there was this woman who I met over buns because she was doing a school project on young women who, like, had full-time jobs and had moved from somewhere else. And I was like, you can interview me. And she was really, really sweet. And then I saw her do a posting of, like, I need to get better at tattoos, free tattoos. And I was like, oh, uh, hello. So Stephen and I went and got free tattoos. But I was her very first time using a gun. She'd done stick and poke before. Okay. So uh, it was fine, but it was super shaky and not great. Mm. And I was like, oh, no, what I do? (laughs) So then I sent her a picture of it, and she's like, oh, my God, come back in for a touch-up. So I just Mm. re-got it done up. it, it was like one of those things where before I went in, I was like, I don't care about the quality of the things that are, you know, tattoo. It's nice to have some like uh, rough, real tattoos. Mm-hmm, and sure. then a couple months later, I was like, oh, this does look bad. Though. <laughs> um, because like com- next to really clean lines and everything. Mm-hmm. But now she's a pro at it. She's so good. Nice. Yeah. Victoria Schultz tattoos. That's cool. Look her up on Insta. That's cool because it also like there's something kind of fun narratively about you going back and her having gotten that much better too, right? Yeah. You're I mean, like the, after a few months, she's like a pro now. And, and she like, was you talking see her about character it. Arc. Yeah. She was saying she was like, she was like, it's fun looking at a piece of work that I did, my, like my very first tattoo, and then being able to fix it like that. You just right. know how in such a short, because we never really kind of, we don't often step back and go, how have I changed? <laughs> I don't want to look back at yeah. you know, like me at five years ago, like terrible person. Like I don't want to dwell on that. Were you teaching about recolonizing <laughs> education? Is oh that God. how bad you were? <laughs> uh, I don't think it was that bad, but like did not know anything about like, like I was deep in like a physics program mm. uh, at a very small, like technical university. Um, all my classmates were like, like cars and video games, and I'm like, oh yeah, sports. I know what those are. Um, so yeah, like my whole like you know journey to enlightenment is quite recent. But I also got a tattoo that someone I think on Facebook was like, hey, I'm just starting out. I'm trying to like get money for grad school. I've done a few, looking to like practice on people. And I was like, oh sure, you know my body is a canvas. Like why why not? Um, and I got this like. Uh, pretty like elaborate not elaborate but it was quite simple design it was just quite large and it took so long like three hours and at first I was fine but then they used uh, just like alcohol and paper towels to wipe between like each stroke and that got so painful and I think like a month later it like completely faded oh no yeah I think because I do have like quite dark skin and I think maybe I was the first person of this skin tone that they had tattooing Mm -hmm. i could tell too that the gun wasn't like doing what i what it usually does when i go from other tattoos you know i think that's just on them because it shouldn't matter it's more to how deep they go because that's what makes it fade maybe they maybe just give you a shallow tattoo (laughs) yeah but i am quite (laughs) thick-skinned Hey, uh, what's this your world, last tattoo? You gotta be. Yeah, my last tattoo that I yeah. got. Ah, uh, crap. Which one is the the most recent? I guess is the bird. Um, it's a Pidgeot, which it's is one of my bird. favorite Pokemon. Yeah, a guy I grew up with named Owen Gregory designed it for me. Um, I got that though. Jeez, around episode seventy of this show. So however long ago that was, like three and a half years maybe. We should do a live tattoo podcast. <laughs> Get a tattoo while speaking about emotional <laughs> That would be fun. It'd be like extremely vulnerable. Yeah. I find when I'm getting a tattoo, like I can't get a tattoo from someone who's not chatty. Like I need to actually mm. be able to talk to the tattoo artist and like go deep with them because otherwise I just feel really awkward the entire time. Yeah. No, I, there are times that... Um, 
I have informed a bond with them and I do feel weird about it. And for the tattoo afterwards, yeah. I'm like, mm. who are you? Like, <laughs> what, what was I thinking? Yeah. At this point, the only tattoo that I like have any regrets about is like, I've got this big cross on my arm from, you know, it was the first tattoo I got. I was like very Jesus-y at the time. And like, I, I figured like, you know, I don't ever want to get a tattoo of something that like isn't important to me. And it was important to me at the time, but like, I really am not a church person anymore. And right. so now I look at it and I'm like, this is not me. And also like that was the one experience I had where the tattoo artist was very like uninvested in like mm. having any kind of conversation. I didn't like the music he chose Oof. and like he pushed really hard. So it hurt more than the others. Mm. And like now I think like maybe I might cover it with something eventually or like turn yeah. it into something else, but yeah. I don't know what. So um. yeah. The letter T for Tom. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just spell my name. <laughs> or just spell Toby or something. That you would know? be cute. Yeah. yeah. I have thought about turning it into a turtle because I oh. feel like you could like, just because the edges are rounded and it's sort of, mm-hmm. if you if you drew like a circle through the edges of it, it would be kind of an oval. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. yeah. But like turtles don't mean that much to me either. So I don't know if I'd want to cover it up with something that isn't important to me, you know? What if you get that turtle? The turtle butt turtle. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. What? Yoshi? What's his name? Koopa? Robert. We'll go with Yoshi. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> it's definitely not Yoshi. We're going to reach into Robert's butt later. No. <laughs> but before we do that, how about a word from our sponsors? This episode is brought to you in part by Chaos. Not, you know. No. <laughs> not just chaos the word but chaos the company uh, spelled with a k not a c um friend of the show george poppy runs a company called chaos they do like content production for businesses and individuals and companies and sort of anyone who's got like you know maybe they want to produce some high quality branded content without content buying everything themselves production. or you know maybe they want to make content marketing easy affordable and accessible Chaos offers, <laughs> Chaos offers a studio-on-demand model, various subscription packages that make it easy to create consistent content for your audience and potential customers. George Poppy. George Poppy. Poppy? Poppy! I've, uh, I've spent a non-zero amount of time at the Chaos offices, and it's a very cool space that's like worth checking out if you are a creative person who like ever needs to do anything. Uh, George is lovely... All of the equipment is very, very high quality and cool. Um, he's got these light panels on the walls Content that, like, creation. they're like triangular and change color triangular with an app. Lights. Basically, it's a very cool Creativity. space. <laughs> Give me some more buzzwords. Buzz. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, so if you need access to professional sound equipment for like a podcast or a voiceover, cinema grade cameras, lenses, lighting packages, or the ability to uh, do a live stream or host an event, George has you covered. So whether your business is starting a podcast, building a video empire, or adding live streams to your social media pa- pages, they've got a package that will help you create consistent, reliable content for your audience. Go to createchaos.com or check them out on Instagram at createchaos to find more. That's chaos. With a K. But K-H or just K? K-H, yeah. K-H-A-O-S. Cool offices. Buzz. Buzz. (laughs) And we buzzed the shit out of that. Hell yeah. Kate, do you want to take him to the cash corner? Oh, I do. Yes. Oh, do I? Oh, yes, I do. Welcome to the cash corner. Buzz, the part of the show where we shamelessly ask you to give us money. I spent the entire afternoon today watching house flipping shows on HGTV and realized that if I just started buying, renovating, and reselling nice houses, I could make about a million times more money than I make as a podcaster. But I don't want to do that because I don't like working with my hands. And I also feel like I've sunk too much time and money into this stuff to stop doing it anytime soon. Want to help us justify not being professional house flippers? Consider supporting us on Patreon. Sorry, let me do that last line. Sure, go for it. Consider supporting us on Patreon. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month to give us on Patreon.com slash up for discussion, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like... 
Patrick Gibb. Damn it. <laughs> Patrick Gibb. Patrick Gibb. <laughs> Sporting us. You'll be joining the ranks. Fuck me. Fuck me. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month to us on patreon.com slash up for discussion, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Jan, Killian, Angie, Sarah, Angelica, Will, Anne, Andrew, Laura, and Kate. You'll get early access to bonus content, little behind-the-scene updates, and all kinds of other sweet perks as well. And if you give us at least five badulas a month... You'll get to submit the featured question for an episode once per cycle on the show. Today's featured Patreon question comes from Patrick, who asks, <clears throat> Badulas? But I meant to say badollars. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's Patrick's whole that, question. That's where, yeah, that's, <laughs> he knew. Patrick asks, do you think anybody is ever really the stereotypical adult? I know a lot of people in our generation feel quite a bit of difficulty in becoming what they think is an adult. Do you think that our definition of adult should change? I think our expectations of what being an adult is should change. Mm, Elaborate. Um, Because I think my current kind of balance crisis is realizing that, just my crisis of the month, (laughs) um, is realizing that I don't, um, that I need help, that I need lists, that I think we're told that like as soon as you become an adult, you remember everything, you can take care of everything um, because you're a functioning adult. But then we enter this age and we're like, okay, shit, I have this many bills to remember and I have to remember to pay this and uh, wash the car and fill the, you know, and do the, and well, and like I do so much and then I'm like, great, okay, I can do it. And then I realized I haven't done dishes in two weeks. And oh. I haven't done laundry in a month. Mm. I had to uh, do work from home today because I woke up and was like, well, my plans changed last night. So I, again, didn't get to do laundry. And my laundry thing closes at 9 p.m. Mm. And it opens at 9 a.m. And I have literally not been home for those 12 hours at any period of time for the past month. Oh my God. So I was like, and I was just kind of like, fuck, what am I going to do this? I'm running out of underwear. And then finally I was like, remembered that I am lucky to have a job that is flexible. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to work from home today. And I did my dishes and I did my laundry and I fixed a chair and I cleaned (laughs) up my, because there's only so much time that you can live you can say you live in an apartment while actually living in a dump. Yeah. Like literally just piles of clothes. And I just looked around and I was like, I'm so unhappy coming home to the space that is a jumble. Hmm. And it felt so good to just take a day to like take care of myself and sort things and go through and put things on buns. Um, and so I think like we think we're supposed to have our, you know, everything together in a bundle. And I think we need to be unbundled. I need you to explain what buns is to me because earlier you said you met someone over buns. Uh, and I, I feel, thought I, thought I ranted like, about it on here before. I thought you meant you just met someone while eating buns and then they Ooh. offered to give you a tattoo. And I was like, well, you know, weirder things happen. <laughs> just a plain white dinner roll of a bun. Uh, no, so buns, B-U-N-Z, is oh. this really incredible app. Uh, it's also like a Facebook community and stuff. Mm. You can access it through a lot of ways. So what it is, is I, let's say I create a Buns account and I post things that I don't want that I have. Mm. So I say, like, what's the last thing? Like, I can offer plants. Usually it's just a bunch of, like, clothes or a cork board I'm about to Buns that I made. I just don't have space for oh, it. crap. I wish I had known. I just bought a cork board for the studio. Oh, <laughs> I have like three others too. Yeah, you should have put it out there. I make them out of cool. corks, right? So uh, I'll be like, hey, I have this thing sitting around. I don't appreciate it anymore. Instead of just trying to kajiji it mm. or like sell it, it can be so stupid to meet up for two bucks somewhere, you know? Mm. Mm. Um, but then uh, you post it on the app. And somebody else will message you being like, hey, I like this. Can I offer you something that I have? Hmm. And you can name like things you're specifically looking for or it can be name your trade. And so I'm yeah, trading this cork board for a huge aloe vera plant because nice. I'd rather have a plant than this cork board. And I also like traded um, a package of like apple uh, napkins, like paper napkins decorated as apples. I have no use for them. <laughs> and so for me, it's this useless thing that I want to get rid of. 
but I also, I can't throw it away. I can't like mm-hmm. have friends to give it to. So what are you supposed to do? I don't want to necessarily give it to Salvation Army because maybe it won't be sold or, you know, you can look into where the profits are going, but instead you're trading it. I traded a package of napkins for bronzing powder that I wanted for my face. Fair enough. So it was like, to her it was useless, to me this napkin was useless, but we both benefited from this trade and got rid of some like garbage in my house. It's just like such a good way. It's kind of like supposed to be out of capitalism. Hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, you're just like uh, getting stuff while getting rid of stuff you don't want. Man. It's great. Sweet. Highly yeah. recommend it. I'm into it. Yeah. yeah. But are you guys into the whole like Marie condoing your life type uh, thing? Like, I need to. No joy. Ish. Get yeah. out. There's uh, so our dishwasher broke um, <laughs> like two months ago now, and uh, it's been impossible for us to stay on top of dishes. And that is just you know trickling down and making everything else in our house also chaos. Oof. And like not the good George Poppy with a K <laughs> type of chaos, but the like the bad chaos, right? The C chaos. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's bad. Like it's at the point where like every day we wonder if we should cook dinner. And make more dishes or order takeout. And mm. so we're spending a lot of money on takeout that we shouldn't be. And you know Tomothy. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like I have a small baby. He doesn't really let me do dishes a lot of the time. Mm. And like we both have full time jobs. <laughs> I like the idea that he like threatens you anytime you like pull out the soap and a sponge. He's like, Don't you fucking do yeah, dishes. Like, Slap it you. out of your hand. Yeah. He you writes a knife notes. on me. Yeah. <laughs> I never see you going near the sink again, Dad. Yeah, it's it's bad. He's just a little tyrant who doesn't let us do anything. You know, that excuse will only work for a little bit longer. So we keep using it. But you know, we we wanted to like replace the dishwasher or fix it, but money was super tight. But Teffer just got a new job, and so we're like very close to being able to finally deal with this. And then mm-hmm. I think then I will start to feel like an adult again because right now I really feel like I just moved out. Like I've I've been living on my own for seven years, but. <laughs> Now I'm starting to feel like a bachelor again, you know? Yeah. Although I don't think I've ever, like, yeah, definitely did not grow up with a dishwasher. Like, I was a dishwasher, or like, you know, right. my parents or whoever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've developed something called the PK method, PK for Prakash. And yeah, it's where I will, like, wash things, like, literally the second I'm done mm-hmm. using it. I think it works, yeah, when you're a sans baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like,. So far, so good. Also, I have a tiny thing, so like, there's really no room for more than three things in there. Mm. Um, but I'd recommend people just yeah start doing your dishes like ASAP. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's because my usual kind of like uh, rhythm is to eat and leave. Mm. So yeah. I'm like always like gotta go, <laughs> like throw it into the sink and then run Sometimes away. Sometimes it doesn't even reach the sink. No, <laughs> it's there's like a trail. Yeah, shattered glass like leading from fun, the door. Uh-huh. <laughs> Little footprints of my own blood for stepping on these broken blades. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I grew up with no dishwasher. So like I had to wash dishes by hand for a very long time till three years ago when I moved in here and bought a dishwasher. And now I can't do dishes by hand anymore. I just, well, part of it is that like my skin gets really bad if I do it without gloves. Yeah. And then like washing dishes with gloves is really annoying. And, It'd be stinky yeah. too. Yeah. My gloves get so smelly. You might need to just replace them more often. I do, but then I worry about the environment and right. the cost of it. So. Yeah. Well, that's it. And and when I wash dishes, I use like scalding hot water that I do not turn off. It's just a constant stream. <laughs> Name like, your... I'm, I'm the worst. <laughs> and so like it's I'm actively destroying the planet if I wash dishes by hand, which makes me not want to wash dishes by hand. And the dishwasher is just so convenient. So hopefully, you know, hopefully in the next week or two, we'd solve this problem and have a really satisfying day where we do like 30 loads of dishes with the dishwasher. <laughs> and, you know. I think for me, dishes is like, do you have that one chore that just for some reason is the bane of yeah. everything oh, yeah. dishes that's for mm. some reason like i love vacuuming and sweeping and like doing all these other things i can do but for some reason dishes just i have such a negative like as soon as i pick it up i'm just like Ugh, no i don't want it like i just hate it so much but i started to like listen to podcasts mm-hmm. during it mm. so i may then at least i don't feel like i'm wasting all of my goddamn time cleaning she just 
break dishes once I'm done with them. I feel that. I literally had to develop a point system for our house so that I would motivate myself to ever do chores. Um, So, you know, doing a load of dishes is 100 points or loading the laundry machine or unloading the laundry machine is 100 points. And if you, uh, when you get to 20,000 points, you can cash that in for something. Uh, So it's just an excuse to like, you know, once we reach that amount of points, we're allowed to spend money on something without mm-hmm. feeling guilty about it, even if we're broke. Um, <laughs> so like I don't buy video games unless I can cash in 20,000 points. And that really motivates me because I want to play video games. Mm, I like that. Yeah. I keep needing to implement that. I remember you mentioned that months ago and I was like, I'll do it tonight. <laughs> so I need I'll tell to. you what, it works a lot better when your dishwasher isn't broken. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's a good example of like, you know, I think like modern day adulting. Because I think, yeah, we think that, you know, we reach a certain certain age or a certain milestone, suddenly it all comes naturally. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, it does take, take a lot of work and you have to figure out kind of what method or motivator, like, gets you to, yeah, do that thing. And if we make it fun, like, all the better. Yeah, well, that's it. It's, it's I think our generation, too, like, like, we, <laughs> I think we have to, like, motivate ourselves with, like, like we need something shiny to motivate us. Yeah, because the world's gonna end soon. So yeah. we gotta have something. <laughs> it's so well, true. And because there's just so much we can be doing. Yeah. That like like we have so many options of stimulus that like unless you find dishwashing really exciting, you can easily find a hundred other things you'd rather do. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather watch Netflix than do dishes. Also HGTV apparently. Uh. You wrote that <laughs> in there. It was a long day. I was watching a show called Flip or Flop Nashville. Mm. Incredible. It's hosted by like a a pair of people who used to date and don't anymore. Uh oh. It's 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 a wild ride. I live for a reality TV showman's. Oh, yeah. so, so fun. Well, there was this moment where they were like like they seemed like they had that sort of like couple chemistry because uh, I came in halfway through the the episode because I was watching it live and because uh, I'm that dedicated, I guess. <laughs> uh, and and I was like, oh, like this couple, you know, seem great. And then the next episode starts. And at the beginning, they're like, we flip houses together. The twist we used to date. Wait, that's in the intro? <laughs> oh, oh I hate it now. Oh, now yeah. I hate it. <laughs> I, t- I, t- I take it back. This is less interesting. Yeah, and they're like... They're like, we did it on purpose. Uh, it, it's, the, it's the whole, like, we realized, like, we work really well together. We just didn't work well together. Oh, my God. Also, God. he didn't know where the G's... But, like, I want them to go into more detail about why they broke up. The sex was just okay, but the house flipping was great. Oh. <laughs> what I noticed also is that the Property Brothers have more, like... I honestly like they have more chemistry than a lot of the like scripted romantic couples on TV shows that I watch. Mm. Uh, That just uh, promotes the low bar we have for television and the crap producers that are behind it all. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Really burning all my burges. (laughs) Um, I wanted to say though, because I'm like on break from therapy right now because my last therapist was just not uh, a good one for me. Uh, his name was Sean. I think that's you know clue one. Um, and so, and I'm just too busy to like properly like go into the things I want to in therapy, and it would be a long trial finding the right one now, mm-hmm. and that energy output I just can't handle. So I switched to life coaching, which mm-hmm. I was pretty um, hesitant about before getting into it, just because we all have those preconceptions of like. Who can be a life coach? Is this just a kind of scam kind of thing? Mm, right. Um, but I was recommended and I started, I've only had like, uh, I guess I've had two meetings. And for me, it's exactly what I need right now. Cool. And so I think like that's it too, is that we feel like when we're adults, we're not allowed to ask for help. Mm. Uh, and so many people already have such bad things uh, or like hesitancies about therapy and, mm-hmm. you know, different things like nutrition or life coach or financial planning. We're like, we can do it ourselves. Thanks. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you can like everything that I'm doing in my life coach sessions. I can a hundred percent do myself. I'm a very like aware, motivated person, but I don't. Right. And like a lot of what life coaching is, is like kind of like talking things out and like making your goals, breaking them down, uh, like making them into 
like prioritize what are the things what is the most important thing what are the steps you need to make that happen hmm. how can we make that happen go right so it's like you i i can do that but i don't right yeah well and then they also hold you accountable too right a hundred percent which like this is like this is a, a song i've been singing for like years but like the idea that it is infinitely easier to commit to doing something if at least one other person gives a shit and will check in with you about it. Mm. I thought you said it was a song, Tom. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. It? Or if my friend, like if I was like, okay, I, <laughs> if I need to write something, right. I'm like, okay, friend, you need to hold. <laughs> it's funny because I was like friend, and then I was like, it's weird calling someone friend uh, to their faces. Um, but you'd be like, I need to write this by the end of the week. You hold me accountable, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then you. when it came time, comes time, you'd be like, Okay, Kate, where's the writing? And I'd be like, Friend, <laughs> I don't have it written. And you'd be like, Oh, Kate, it's due today. And I'd be like, What are the consequences? And you'd say. Nothing, because we're friends and I can't do anything to your life. Mm. And I go, ha ha. And like, I also just think like having friends hold me accountable. I would just like resent Mm -hmm. that and also be, I don't know, it turns friendship into a weird thing of like, I want you to support me, not to like be mad at me. But Mm. if you're paying someone to fill that role. Oh, yes. Well, it's the same (laughs) reason as like uh, going to university. Mm -hmm. I'm in university for creative writing. I could write my heart out without going there, but... Will I? No, because ideas are perfect in their conception. And like, and I don't touch them for that reason. But if I have a teacher going, you have something due next week, I'm like, okay. Like, if I don't hand this in, I have bad marks. And for some reason, I care about my GPA. So Yeah, I've also found just like yeah, having deadlines in school really helps and having multiple people who are with you. Maybe not doing the exact same thing, but working on like similar things. It's also kind of motivating. Just like, hey, like, how can like, hey, friend, can you help me? With this part of my project, I'll help you with yours. Mm-hmm. And the kind of collaborative work, I think, is so important in adulthood. Because when you're a kid, you know, it's like your parents hopefully are there to help you do things and mm-hmm. your peers in class and things like that. But, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're grown and when you move out uh, and you, like, don't have that family support or those same people you see literally every single day, especially if you're single, you know, there's really no one to hold you accountable, mm-hmm. like, to yourself. Which for me, it like touches on the importance of community. And I harp Mm -hmm. about this all the time because think about like school and high school, you're constantly around people and your friends and different hobby groups, Mm. you know, and so you had different groups of friends and you felt, I mean, like it's not always the same experience for everyone, but like you feel like you have more of a network Mm -hmm. to fall back on because you have several different types of friends and we Mm -hmm. lose that. Right. And you lose that kind of type of friendship. And I feel like it was hard for me to understand that I am no longer in high school. And like, that's why different friendship exists. And I, you know, I can't be like, no one's my friend because we're not spending all of our time together and don't have a job. Like, yeah. it's like, okay. Um, and I also read an article recently um, about the importance of that, of like, it's important to like, uh, go to a bar regularly, not a bar or a restaurant or a cafe mm-hmm. and like know the be friendly with the baristas and, and people because you feel like you exist and matter mm-hmm. and are someone and it's a friendly face. Mm-hmm. And even if it's a minute conversation, you kind of get to know someone. And so in those times of like depression and need, you you feel even if you're not going to walk into your coffee shop and be like, I'm depressed, barista. Um, this person, this shot, character please. that I'm doing needs to stop calling people by their role in their <laughs> life. Um, but like, yeah, double shot. But it's still um, somebody who's going to be like, hey, what's up? Mm. And that's important. And I think we kind yeah. of uh, feel more comfortable being like, I'm going to stay in my house all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like... As a person who works alone from home, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, <clears throat> is this the reason why you made a podcast? Is Honestly, <laughs> like when I when I was first starting this, like it was a really good excuse to see people on a weekly basis, right? Like to to see the same people week after week for the most part. Like it it really you know, it it gives you that community, right? It gives you people who check in with you, and like to to a larger extent, you know, like. We built this network now and there's like a ton of people who kind of come in and out of the house all week. And like, that's great because it means that I, you know, (laughs) despite working alone, 
get to actually interact with people who aren't my six month old baby who, you know, just goes da 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 and can't actually have a conversation. Well, you're not clearly not listening. <laughs> but I think it was the band The Stars, uh, who are like a Toronto based awesome band who were like, Yeah, we just were a bunch of friends who that was our reason for hanging out. Because it was too busy to organize a hangout. But if you say like, okay, let's practice our music this time every week. Mm. They, that, you know, it was just a friendship hang and they then <laughs> got good at music. And I think it's, it's pretty much the national as well. So they right. were just like buds who hung out and jammed. And yeah. then, mm. I mean, now they're fucking big, big <laughs> right. shots. But Yeah, well, it's like those uh, those six friends on that TV show who like... You know, that friends? was that was what they did. They just moved to the same house to show they, friends. Oh, to be close to each other. Buddies. Yeah, but it's um yeah, I guess we put all these pressures on ourselves to be a full formed adult. Mm. And I think that's why there's so many like the joke and the word adulting is invented mm. because of our clear discomfort of uh on like not knowing how to deal with unprecedented debt. Right. <laughs> and responsibility <laughs> yeah. in our lives. Well, that's it. And it's a transition thing too, right? Where like you only feel like you're bad at being an adult because you you just get thrown into it after not being one for so long. Right. And then eventually that feeling maybe goes away a little bit or you just forget that you're feeling it because mm-hmm. it becomes the new normal. Yeah. I think too, it's like when I look at least look at my friend group, those who I feel, uh, you know, succeed the most at quote unquote adulting are those with the highest incomes mm-hmm. and the rest of us are kind of just floundering like... Like, I'm thinking of doing a master's program just so I can postpone having to, you know, get a real job and that 40-hour work week, I'd rather just do fun stuff. And see, that's the thing. The way we talk about it, too, a real job. What does that mean? Like, what, you know? Right. Um, because we have these preconceived notions and ideas of what's expected of us or, like, yeah. that we need to have a job that we kind of hate to be, <laughs> you know, real, to be a real person, to pay the bills. Yeah. Well, and that actually touches on, like, there is an economic side to it, right? Where, like, mm-hmm. and that's, like, a sociological thing that, like, people who have enough money to basically like pay off the things that they need to do around the house right like feel like they're succeeding at being adults a lot more often Mm -hmm. and like often that's people who have had the privilege to end up in like good economic situations right like if I had you know if we had if either of us made twice as much money as we currently make we'd probably have a maid right Right. we'd probably have or like a cleaning service or whatever you want to call it but like we'd probably have people who we pay to deal with it for us because like that's just what you do at that point, you know? And like those people who have that kind of thing probably don't feel like they're like doing a shitty job of being adults because they, you know, their houses are clean. Fuck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but it's also, I mean, yeah, for that idea of like paying someone to do something is a good idea because then you're passing on your money instead of just keeping right. it and mm-hmm. being greedy about it. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it like, we have been trying to figure out what to do with Toby for daycare because uh, Teffer is working full time now and like I can have him at home with me, but most of my work I can do with him. But there's like a fraction I can't and it'd be really convenient to like be able to put him somewhere for a few hours and not have to worry about him. Mm-hmm. But the daycare we sent him to, it's just not working out. And it's like it, it takes me an hour to get there and back each time so like if he's there for less than like four hours it doesn't really feel worth it um because like that's how that math ends up working right that I lose two hours and like you know might as well just work with him um but then like I can't do much editing during the day because he's with me right like I can do all my office work whatever um we checked out, I checked out this other daycare that's like across the street from our house yesterday and it's awesome and like the teachers are great and I love everything about it but it's they only do full time so it's paying for five days a week it's like 900 bucks a month we just don't have that and it's not worth it for me either to make that happen when what i really need is for someone to babysit him for two hours two days a week like that's really all it is i'm sure you could find that though like i in toronto i used to be a domestic worker Mm -hmm. um and yeah i would work like in a house with the family Mm -hmm. like they were home and they were just working right they just need someone to like (laughs) occupy their baby while they did their work and then when it's feeding time like the mom would come down and feed the kid and go back to work and I'd just be chilling but I think yeah like uh but then you know you want to be able to pay your person like a fair wage right but if you only like hire them for the exact time you need 
Like, I'm sure it'd probably be cheaper than 900 bucks. Yeah, well, that's it, right? Like, I'm thinking, like, especially if I just know, like, if I establish with them, like, from 10 to noon on Tuesday and Thursday, I just need you to come hang out with my baby and, like, pay them, you know, like, 20, 25 an hour. Like, that will save so much compared Mm -hmm. to paying, like, functionally 50 bucks a day for five days a week. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So. I remember that, like, so I w- I've been a nanny, like, in an au pair, and I babysat for most of my life, like, growing up. Mm-hmm. But there was when I was, like, quite young, like, maybe 12 or, yeah, maximum 13. Um, I was babysitting this one, like, it was the youngest, like, this baby, baby, baby. And a couple times, too, the mom was around the house, and it, I remember it made me feel so weird. Like, now I would be more comfortable with But, like, back then I was just like, is she only staying so she can watch me like (laughs) it's so weirded out but it just made me remember one time I like took him out for a walk down his lane and in the countryside it meant like a 45 minute walk because it's a massive thing and for some reason I don't know what I'd eaten but I like got to the end of the lane and I was like I'm going to shit myself. (laughs) And I like was like, okay, be reasonable. We can make it back to the house. So I like start walking back and I was like, oh my, I'm I'm pooing. I'm pooing right now. So, and it was like an awkward thing because you're in the countryside. So technically there's like no one around, but they were in the field. (laughs) So they were in the tractors in the field, but it's like they couldn't really see me unless they looked over. But like, and then it came to the point of like, I can't care about this. Right. I just went on the side of the lane and I pooped on their lawn. <laughs> and I never knew if they knew. So you're going to send them this later. Well, I don't even know their <laughs> name anymore. But to be honest, I was so scared. And, but I was like, it's an, it's, I'm sure it's a funny story, but I was like, how disrespectful is that? Like, hey, I watched your baby and I shit on the lawn. <laughs> I made eye contact with your yeah. baby while taking a shit. Yeah, I taught your baby to shit on your lawn. You know your kid who's an adult now and shits <laughs> on your lawn? It's my fault. <laughs> but I was like, they could have just been looking over the tractor and seen me just shitting. Right. But I'll never end. Like, so every little thing that happened afterwards, I was like, they know, they know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I think the way that I fail most at adulting is that I still shit myself pretty regularly. Guys, it. let's dive into the turtle's that's butt. <laughs> we have a lovely stuffed turtle here. That's the transition I'm going with. We have a lovely stuffed turtle here who doubles as a cup holder. We fill this butt with questions from past guests, $1 patrons, and more. If you want to submit a question for the turtle's butt, give us a dollar on Patreon or leave your question in a review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. That's how I'm sneakily getting people to leave reviews. That's good. That's a good sneak. Prakash, do you want to do the honors? Yeah, Prakash, do it. I'm so excited. Yay. Past guest and former host of the show, Simon Pelletier, asks, would you rather have pubes for teeth or teeth for pubes? Just want to do a quick shout out to Simon, uh, you gross asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I, I sent him a message asking him to submit a question for this thing, and he immediately wrote that and then said, Haha, I'll come up with something better. And I said, no, you won't. That's in there now. Oh, yeah, that's it. Thanks, yeah. Simon. Um, so pubes for teeth or teeth for pubes? Teeth for pubes. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay. 100%. So either way, yeah. I can still eat. I can eat and I can chew. And I don't have to have just hair in my mouth. And mm-hmm. then I have like an armor protecting my vulva. Yeah. Shing, shing. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So Vulvarmer. I think about like. armor. I think about like hair for teeth, right? And like whales do that and they, they do okay. But I don't know if I want to only yeah. eat krill. Yeah, like do you want to filter feed everything? Like, but also like, whales' te- hair is like, it's still pretty stiff. It's pretty bone-like. Pubes oh. are like the softest. You just be mashing oh, banana. Gross. Mm. And would oh. they still taste like pubes? Maybe they constantly taste like groin. Well, well they'd be in your mouth. They'd probably just taste like mouth. Oh, but but then so, why so call like, them pubes and not just a little hair? Also mouths are gross. Like <laughs> That's true. Think about like morning breath, but all the time. Oh, oh yeah. imagine I, trying to make out with someone here. Oh, and if you tried to like wash them with shampoo, you would like taste <laughs> shampoo. <laughs> Do you ever disgusting. accidentally get shampoo in your mouth? That's no. that ruins no. my whole day. I have like a <laughs> <laughs> neither of a, Nope. I have a face wash. I never get shampoo in my mouth actually, but just like a scrub, you know, like I do like a, a an exfoliant or whatever in the mm-hmm. shower. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes a bit of that will end up in my mouth and like it just it, it takes so long to get the taste out, you know? Mm. I hate it. But it keeps my skin looking good, so I don't hate it that much. 
But yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Small price to pay. Yeah, definitely teeth for pubes because like worst case, you can get those removed and they don't grow back. Uh, whereas true. pubes do grow back. So if you had pubes in your mouth, yeah. you'd have to shave your mouth constantly. What I would t- say to Simon is we don't know enough about the rules of this world. <laughs> and to believe it, I need to know, like, maybe the teeth do come back. Maybe you always have teeth for oh, pubes. Oh. Or at least, like, weird dents in your skin, you know? Like a, mm. ga- like a divot in your mouth. It would leave a mm. divot in your groin. Ooh. A groin. Would you also, like... <laughs> Like, would it feel like you're teething when they first grow in? Like when you're, so, so presumably it would like, you'd have to have the teeth grow in at puberty, right? Right. So would you just like have a constant aching? Or would they develop like normal teeth at, you know, one year? Oh. And then fall out and then you're adult growing teeth. (laughs) (laughs) So you just have a bunch of babies. I guess babies don't have hair. I mean, Toby's do. Yeah, Toby's got some hair. No, I mean uh, on their groin. Oh yeah, oh, no, true. no, smooth yeah. down there. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like, I think about, I think about teething pain, and like, I don't know teething pain personally at this mm. point in my life, but like, it's kind of the same as when you have a wisdom tooth coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but thirty of them, because Oof. that's how many teeth you have, and like, or sixteen. I don't know how many teeth babies have, but you know, I think about teething pain, and I think about like the aching and the like cutting through the gum. And then I think about that feeling down near my penis and I'm not into that. Idea. You'd have to floss. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Yeah. Cause there'd be skin in between. So you'd have to floss your, no. yeah, your groin teeth. Okay. My question is like, you know, uh, you have a date, right? So you want to like look good. So you, you know, whiten for your groin teeth. You could whiten it. It's like, it's like just kind of like bleaching your asshole, but now for your, mm-hmm. your teeth pubes. But my question is like, you know, you go to your local salon and you're like, hey, can I get a Brazilian? And what would that look like? Would they just like rip out all your pube teeth? Ah. But again, does it grow back in or does it not? Because then you just go to a dentist. There'd probably be a specific dentist for that. Mm. When you bedazzle down there, do you, <laughs> do you then, do you get like little gold inlays? Like, Yeah, when you have a cavity on one of your teeth down oh, yeah. there. Or like get braces, just like get them all in like, like cute mm. rows or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, Shape them into an arrow or like whatever designs are trendy these days. Have to wear a retainer at night, just a plastic <laughs> cup. I'm thinking about the chafing that would happen by having braces oh. down there. Not into it. Not into it. So, Simon, we hope that answers your question. And also, yeah. fuck you for asking that question. Yeah, you thought you challenged us. <laughs> uh, bye-bye. Okay, this one comes from past guest Julian McKenzie, who asks, what's the dumbest purchase you've ever made? Oh, that's a fun one. A dumb purchase. I regret nothing. Is that actually true? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, here's a recent purchase. <laughs> Literally on Monday. Um <laughs> Cause I there was uh, I had to pick up um, eyeliner because I was out of eyeliner and I need makeup. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, I'm not wearing any today, so hey, there you go. Mm. But I uh, anyway, I need eyeliner. And then once you're there, you're kind of like, oh, oh, look at all these other things. Mm. So um, I there's this like roll on thing, and <sighs> here's the thing: it's a big admit for me because. I am all about positive body image and not changing and loving loving your cellulite and loving your extra skin and lo- uh, being okay with it. Uh, maybe not necessarily loving it, but not trying to like rid it with all these things. Mm-hmm. But still the like years of media and expectation and wanting to be flawless creep in. And I was looking at this thing. It was like a roller for your the flaws on your thighs. So it like very coyly was being like, we'll help with your cellulite, but not making any promises. Infused with caffeine and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I looked at it and it was like $10. And I was like, well, I guess I'll spoil myself. I want to feel good about my legs for the summer. So I bought it. And then afterwards... I realized it was not, it was put in the wrong place. It was not $10. It was $38. Oh, no. And I was like, mother fucker. I just like, because I'd bought a couple things. So to me, I was like, okay, I guess just some things were, it adds up. And I didn't realize. So then I felt stupid about that. And I opened it and it's, it had been used. It was like on uh-huh. a, and I was like, mm, damn it. Oh. So, and then I tried to go to a different uh, pharma pre location to mm. like, traded in i was like look if i'm gonna pay this money i don't know if they'll let me return 
return it necessarily, but like if I'm paying $38, I'm going to get every goddamn ounce. Mm-hmm. So, and then she was like, we don't carry it here. You have to go back to the original store. So that's just another thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do feel stupid for A, buying it, because mm-hmm. usually I would never buy anything like that. And then B, the dilemma around it has made it this like time consuming thing. Right. So yes. There you go, Julian. Are you happy now? That sucks. I hate when you buy something and it's like it betrays you immediately. Yeah. I had, um, I bought these, we were trying to find a baby monitor and like all the baby monitors that they sell at Future Shop or Best Buy or whatever it is, like are like four or $500 and really fancy. And like, I don't want to buy that when I have to get a new dishwasher soon. Mm-hmm. Like that's the priority. I can, I would sooner set up my laptop and my phone in opposite rooms to use as a baby monitor than spend $500 on a baby monitor. And so I went on Amazon and I was like, oh, there's one for like 50 bucks. I'll do that. I think it doesn't work because I can't oh, figure out no. how to turn it on. Oh, <laughs> the or only is it time, always on listening? Like, uh, that's also a, a thought I've had. But like the, the only time I've successfully had it turn on is plugged in. But I'm pretty sure it's supposed to just be plugged in to charge. Right. And I feel right. like it'd be weird to have it like not portable. You know, right. like but maybe if it's fifty dollars, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But like, it really seems to like advertise itself as like, like it has a power bar that tells you how charged it is, hmm. which to me means I should be able to use it. Not Can you return in. it? Probably, but I don't know. So, so much, much hassle, work. right? That's uh. it. Like returning things to Amazon is nonsense. But I could just lie to them. That. I could lie to them and tell them it arrived broken, and they would just refund me because Amazon. Like, because oh. they make so much money. Like, I shouldn't. I, I'm going to say this, but I shouldn't. Uh, anytime I order poster frames, you know, like a nice poster frame has like a sheet of sort of cheap glass in the front to like make it look shiny. Those break in the mail like a lot. Mm-hmm. I always order at least two, and inevitably at least one breaks. But sometimes I order three. And only one breaks, and I tell them two broke. Ooh, sneaky. Because if you, if oh, you tell them... sticking it to the man. Yeah. Well, I figure Amazon makes enough profit. And if you tell them that, like, something that is glass broke in the mail, right. they're not going to ask for a return, because they don't want that, because right. it's dangerous. They're not going to ask for proof, and they'll usually refund you. So nice. life hack. Yeah. Amazon is like the detriment of the future. They're yeah. just taking over everything and they're environmentally terrible and disastrously convenient and Oh god, it's so bad. Like I have I have Prime, it's so cheap as a student. Yeah. Like, like it's can't beat a good deal. I'm but then so like poor. all these local <laughs> sellers are going out of business because yeah. we just want, you know convenience. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But the in terms of like dumb purchases, this one I've actually gotten a lot of use out of it, but it was dumb the way I purchased it. I got a nice like cooking pot um, from like the hardware store up the street, uh, not intending to. I went there to buy something that was less than five dollars, and I needed to use the debit. And they had that stupid rule that you have to buy at least five dollars worth of stuff to to do the debit. And I was like, you know, they have like all these like all the cookware near the cash, which is smart because, you know, then people look at the cookware when they're about to leave and they buy stuff. And it was a nice pot, like it was a good brand. And it had a sticker on it that made me think it was like 30 bucks. And I was like, this is not the dollar that I need in order to reach the $5 (laughs) threshold. But like, we need a new pot, like why not? And I give it to the guy and he scans it and it's $70. And instead of saying, Ooh, actually, no, I'm going to buy a mug. I said, that's fine. Right? (laughs) It's so embarrassing when you get there. You never want to make a kerfuffle. Yeah. Like, it's happened so many times, and I'm just like, well, you did it to yourself, Catherine. (laughs) Because we're so afraid of looking cheap or causing an issue or holding up the line. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, yeah, now you bought this $40 massage oil (laughs) for you. And... I, I, I hate that because it was used. I think if it hadn't been used and it had just been kind of like a crappy product. I could I'd, have dealt with it. Yeah, but that's that's even worse. That sucks. Yeah, and it's like, uh, I mean, yeah. should is the, And then it go, your brain, let me rephrase. Your brain goes, oh, this is what you should have checked it before you left the store, Kate. And it's like, 
well, I'm not going to open up all the products I'm going to buy like that. Yeah. No, it's not, that's not my responsibility yeah. to make sure products that is being, so, because I'm so afraid that they're going to go, how do we know that you just didn't use it? Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, well. <laughs> how do we know you didn't rub it on your thighs in the store and yeah, then yeah. put well, it back in the box? I'm like, yeah, somebody else just wanted to make sure it worked or wanted to see it. And mm-hmm. that sucks because it was yeah. left in the on pit. And I was like, oh, that's weird because there's an right. on and off. So it was like, it's frustrating. Yeah. Uh, but it's like the one time my bike got stolen in Toronto because for a sh- like a week longer than I should have, my lock broke. So I used a lock, but it was set to zero, 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 zero. And we could, it was broken. Uh, so it yeah. couldn't be. But like, it looks like you have a lock. No right. one really tries. And then one morning it was gone. Mm. And, I, and then like we looked everywhere and I was like, yeah, it's stolen. And my partner at the time was really upset with me. And he's like, why would you do, you know, you'll get a new lock. And I was like, well, we're big, you know. And then I finally took like a whole day to like talk to him and be like, I understand. Yes, I shouldn't have had a lock that's zero, 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 but people shouldn't steal. <laughs> like at the end of the day, I should be able to leave my bike out on the street or not, you know, but yeah. I should be able to have my mm-hmm. bike unlocked because it is mine. And like I put it somewhere that is like reasonably safe mm-hmm. under a lock and key. Yeah. Um, and like, so at the end of the day, someone went around and like they turned all of them to zero, 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 and they got a couple bikes and yeah. it was a very crappy bike. So, but it, you know, at the end of the day, we blame ourselves for all these things and it's like, no, the thing, we should have an expectation mm-hmm. that people shouldn't steal, yeah. that products you buy are like good and, and ready and safe, yeah. you know, it's yeah. not on you. No, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Don't blame the victim. That's not, that's not cool. Yeah. Guy. Any dumb purchases for you? Probably. I think I'm, well, I'm actually, I think I'm too poor to make dumb decisions like that. My money, like, I know where every dollar goes. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, there's one purchase that haunts me from high school where I went shopping with my family. And at the time, Abercrombie was, like, still, like, a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I, like, just really wanted to be cool. So mm-hmm. I, like, bought this, like, $50, like, muscle tank. And I do not have, like, a muscle tank body. My parents were like, oh my God, that's so expensive. Like, why? Like, we will buy you anything else, right? Like, and I was like, no, I'm going to use my money. Like, I want this. I never wore it because it was so ugly. Because <laughs> the store is so dark, right? So you don't really know mm. until you, like, go home. And I was like, oh God, this is terrible. I will never wear this. And I'm like, damn, if I had $50 today, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I feel like... <clears throat> I bought like I it wasn't Abercrombie for me it was uh, American Eagle. Oh. I bought so many polos in high school mm. and I thought polos were the shit. I was like polos look so good on me, they make <laughs> me look cool and then like basically a year after I graduated I realized I hated polos and now I just I don't have them anymore. I finally Marie Kondoed them a nice. few months ago and got rid of them but like I just had polos in my dresser for like a decade that I never wore and yeah. It was, it was a look, though, of the time. It was, yeah. yeah. But I know the, the muscle shirt problem. Oof. We have a similar build, and I also never bought them because mm-hmm. I couldn't get away with them. And, you know, I think now I'm confident enough in the way that I look that, like, if I saw one and wanted one, I would buy one. But I don't, you know? Yeah. And especially, like, I think I would, too. But this one in particular was just really ugly. Like, I, it was, like... Like it was like a multicolored gray with their like gross logo. It was it was a lot. Multicolored gray? Yeah, like multi shade gray, maybe. Oh. <laughs> like like an ombre of gray. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, I mean they're also their CEO is a douchebag, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest issue. Yeah, I hated how nice school I very much disliked that the coolness was based on like having Abercrombie or mm-hmm. like SoCal on these shirts mm. and it's like they're just the cheapest shirts but because you had that brand you were the upper echelon mm-hmm. of affording a $50 shirt right. like that's yeah, bright so blue stupid. and gross yeah I will say I did like all the dumb polos and stuff I bought in high school were at least bright which was nice because mm. they were a, a welcome change from all the like black t-shirts that I wore because I, I believed that I couldn't wear colors because I was chubby I also was way less chubby than I am now. So I don't know what the fuck high school Tom was talking about. <laughs> but like I, I was convinced that I was fat and I was convinced that I had to wear black in order to slim myself. And like neither of those things are true because <laughs> now I'm much bigger than I was in high school and I'm still not that big. It's yeah, I don't know. Uh, the internalized fat phobia is 
so fucked. Real. Yeah. Real. That's the worst purchase I've ever made is internalized fat phobia. <laughs> and I purchased it with my heart instead oh, no. of my wallet. No, that's non-refundable. No. You know what else is non-refundable? The hour you guys just spent listening to this show. Ah, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you for doing that. And thank you, Prakash, for joining us. This is amazing. Yeah, oh, no problem. Nice Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're a delight. I think we answered the questions good. <laughs> Good question. (laughs) Before we started, I was like telling these guys that I'm exhausted and a mess. And I think I held out. And just now I said the phrase, I think we did these questions good. So, you know, not perfect. You're nailing it. We're behind you. Yeah. If you like this episode, consider supporting us on Patreon. It helps a lot. We need it. We also have merch. So if you want to support us a little bit financially, but also get something cool for yourself, you can... You know, hit the merch link in the description and get all sorts of great stuff. Um, You can also support us for free by leaving a rating review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, uh, which is a great way for the show to grow. And uh, share this episode with a friend whose lawn you shat on. Yeah, not even a shat or a full shit. Either or. Uh, you could Don't also be picky. <laughs> you could also share this episode with the friend you think is the best at being an adult and also with the friend you think is the worst at being an adult. Share it with both of them in a group thread and don't tell them <laughs> who's who. And share it with a friend who has a monthly crisis. <laughs> crisis me. of the month. Yes. Uh, yeah. You can follow the show on Twitter at Down With Talking and each of us individually. I'm at Tom Zalatni. I'm at Kate the Hammer. Uh, you can find me at my new website, prakashkrishnan.com. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, anything else to plug? Bearing in mind, this comes out on the 28th. May we? Do you have anything to plug first? Um, no, unless somehow you're also an academic and you'll be at Congress 2019 in Vancouver. I will also be there. Come to my talk. Sweet. Oh, nice. Um, I'm in two Montreal Fringe shows and one Toronto Fringe show. Nice. So uh, please come on out to The Piers and Exits at Montreal Fringe from June 6th to 16th. And then in Toronto, we're taking The Piers, which is this amazing Shakespeare mashup parody nonsense fun show that I wrote and I'm in, uh, in for Toronto Fringe from July 3rd to the 13th. Sweet. Uh, I would like to plug Blasting Off Again, my Pokemon podcast. Uh, We did a couple weeks ago now uh, a review of Detective Pikachu. So if you've seen that movie and want to hear what we thought about it, go check it out. Um, Also, I want to plug Detective Pikachu if you haven't seen it yet. Is it good? It's real good. Don't, Mm. Don't see it in 3D. Ooh, oh, yeah. No, okay. I, I don't like the... Yeah. Well, the problem is, like, a lot of the fun of Detective Pikachu is, like, the Pokemon that you see sort of in the background who aren't, like, necessarily in focus. Mm-hmm. And because the 3D technology, like, shifts the, the focus, right? Like, it really... You know, like, a normal movie, it tells you what to focus on, but you can still kind of make out background details. Mm-hmm. In a 3D movie, they really, like... They pull the focus even more to the thing that you're supposed to focus on. And it just like ruined the experience. So don't see it in 3D. Okay, good note. Yeah. (laughs) My plug is don't go to 3D (laughs) movies. Save $14. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Special thanks to Crackers and Jam for letting us use the title track off their EP Benson as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at crackersandjam.bandcamp.com. And the show is produced and edited by me. Tom Zalat and I for the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Yes, come to see you. I say now Benson Jack, Benson Joe, Benson Jack, Benson Jack, do 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 Benson Jack, Benson do 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 Benson Jack. Hi, I'm Tefera Jemian, one of the hosts of Yeah, a podcast on the Upford Network. We're talking about young adult literature, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what the YA genre can teach us at any age. Join me and my co-host, Hannah Bailey, as we talk about friendships, dating, family relationships, sexuality, experiences of queerness, body politics, and more through the lens of our favorite YA novels, as well as books we're just discovering. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upford Network and on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Hey everybody, we are the Don't Be Mad Podcast, partners of the Upford Network. My name is Matthew, and I'm joined here as always with... Jason. 
Jamali. We cover everything from politics, sports, and pop culture. And you can catch us every Monday on all podcast platforms. And you can watch our videos on YouTube.